who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Rogues of the Black Fury, Episode 5 Rogues of the Black Fury, a novel, written and produced by Travis Heerman. This novel contains violence, adult language, and mature situations. Listener discretion is advised. For more information, please visit travisheerman.com slash rogues. Special guest performer, Danielle McCarville. Chapter 5 Her head felt like the blue dragons were using it for a marching drum. Pound, pound, pound. A ghastly, all-chemical taste filled her mouth. Her hands and feet were cold, dead bricks attached to her arms and legs, and the cold crept nearly to her knees and elbows. Her face and head were warm in the stuffy air, confined within a sackcloth hood, and the coarse weave had rubbed her cheek raw. Under her body, the hard wooden floor was moving. No, not a floor, a deck. Water sloshing and sliding against a hull, creaking ropes, the thump of hard feet on planks, the rustle and snap of canvas in the wind, the stale, earthy smell of the hood stymied the smells of the sea just as surely as it blocked her sight. She longed for a drink of cool greenberry juice. Her mouth was so dry and tasted so awful, like one of Master Dentmere's tinctures. But this was not her chamber. This was not her father's house. Her body jerked with the memories tumbling through her mind like an avalanche. The theater, the play, the guards, the knife, the blood, the foul-smelling cloth thrust into her screaming mouth, each memory as sharp as a pinprick. Javin's body sliding boneless onto the floor. Her brother was dead. Tears trickling down her nose, her lip, her cheek, soaking into the bag. 
Her heart raced, and each beat was like a hammer blow to the side of her head. The tears flowed silently. She tried to move and found her hands and feet bound. Men's voices reached her, muffled. She tried to move again, hearing only the sounds her body made, echoing in a small enclosure. Somehow, that made her feel safer, not lying exposed and helpless on a ship's deck with unknown men walking around her. She was in a box, or a small closet, hidden. She reached up with her bound hands and tried to remove the hood, but found it knotted around her neck. Her cold, numb hands would not work properly to untie the knot. She was so cold, and her feet were bare. Where had her lovely shoes gone? And her dress was surely ruined. But something felt wrong. The fabric and feel were all wrong. She was wearing something else now, something long and shapeless, like a robe or a shift. She gasped. Someone, men, had changed her clothes. They had seen her. A frigid white spike of fresh terror drove through her body, and she pulled herself up into a sitting position, leaning against the wooden wall. Then she froze, shivering. A voice in her head began to speak, deep and steadfast. You are a daughter of House Wollstone, greatest of the warrior houses. You are a captive. You will not cry. You are not a child. You are nearly a grown woman, and you will not give your captors the satisfaction of seeing you suffer. You will uphold the honor of House Woolstone, even unto death. Her heartbeat slowed. Her breathing eased. What would her father do in this situation? He would snap his bonds and tear through this ship like a relentless cyclone, laying low every single man on board. Alas, she could not be a cyclone. What would Javin do? He would want to do as his father would, but he lacked the strength and ferocity. He would bide his time and wait for an opportunity to strike or to escape. He would be patient, brave, and steadfast. Those things she could be. What would her mother do? Lilla Woolstone would bear any injustice, any hardship, any disrespect with cold, hard determination, just as she had borne the effects of the illness that had claimed her life. She imagined her mother's face, lines chiseled and eyes red and haunted by incessant pain, but maintaining the dignity and resolve for which she was famous. She fought back the memory of her mother's pale face with once soft cheeks drawn sharp and gray in her last days. She was Bella Wollstone, and she would be dignified, brave, and steadfast. Hours must have passed. The voices outside her box continued throughout the night. All men with strange accents, rough. She strained her ears to listen. A smattering of the farthy tongue? Cuskish? Jarls? Free captain's pigeon? 
A steady parade of unpleasant possibilities swirled in her mind as she strove to remain patient, brave, and steadfast. Had she been taken captive by the Farthy? Why? What were they going to do with her? Where was she going? A sense of physical urgency forced her to admit that she had to make water. The headache finally seemed to have subsided, but now she ached down there. But she would not soil her clothes. She would not lie in her own filth. She was a woolstone. She could not feel her feet, and her calves ended in prickly, cold-burning spikes. The bonds were tight. Bracing her back against the wall, she struggled to stand. White splinters of pain stabbed through her legs with the effort, and fresh tears burst from her eyes, and her head struck the low ceiling. She collapsed again, gasping at the pain. The need to explore her confines flared in her chest, quickening her breath, and she began to cast about on her knees and elbows, feeling for the walls. Four coarse wooden walls and a ceiling. She guessed she was in a box about waist-high, not long or wide enough for her to stretch out completely. Two sharp blows against the side of the box brought a cry from her throat. Laughter. Three more sharp blows. More cruel laughter. Taunting. Bella Wollstone would not give them the satisfaction. Hours dragged by, and every second, every breath became a tearing agony in her nether regions. Her mind became a cauldron of pride and courage and weakness and need, at war with her body that yearned for release. She had that voice in her head again. Was it her mother's voice this time? You are a woolstone. You are the daughter of the Grand General of Cusca. You will command this rabble. Enough simpering. Act. Yes, act. She struggled and kicked and cried out, Let me out of here! I demand it! Her hands and feet pummeled the wooden box. Let me out! The din was deafening inside the box, and her breath became hotter and stale inside the hood. After a few moments, footsteps approached. One end of the box flew open. A hand snatched her clothes and dragged her out. She tumbled and skidded and banged her knees. The same rough hand jerked her to her feet, she sucked at the fresh air filtering through the sackcloth hood, and through the coarse weave she could dimly see that she was in a ship's hold, surrounded by casks and crates. She could smell the livestock. A muddle of angry, painful sobbing bubbled out of her. I demand that you let me go! A familiar voice stopped her dead. Stop it, girl, or you'll soon wish you were dead. Rolf? The hands grasping her arms tightened. Not anymore. That name never was. Why are you doing this? Shut up. You're Javin's friend. I said shut up. His voice was cold and deadly, like a snake that had just shed its former skin. You're a foul traitor. He restrained the blow but still nearly knocked her off her feet. Stars and tears exploded in her eyes. 
His other hand held her upright. Could one girl hold so many tears? She swallowed the sharp tang of blood in her mouth. The fear and pain swirled inside her like a dust devil, gathering up bits and pieces of other emotions and sensations, threatening to overwhelm her. Her privileged life as the daughter of the Grand General had not prepared her for this. Except for one thing. She was a woolstone. She bit back the sobs and blinked away the tears, stood straight, and kept her voice calm and even. I must use the privy. Now. The sneer was thick in his voice. Of course, my lady. This way. He jerked her hard, and she fell heavily onto the deck. Her feet were still bound. Oh, pardon me, my lady. You have fallen. Patience, bravery, steadfastness. Free my feet, or you shall have to carry me. A knife slipped from its sheath, and a single flick of the blade severed the bonds around her feet. Her lower legs felt like tree stumps being devoured by ants, but she got to her feet and faced him. He led her to the far end of the ship. Her dead, naked toes bumped into barrels and coils of rope. They would hurt later, when she could feel them again. The smell of livestock grew stronger. Animals shuffled and rustled in their pens and cages. Remove my hood, sir, he laughed. You've always been a demanding little bitch. And until today, I had always thought you a kind and worthy guard of good breeding and steadfast disposition. Ha! You know nothing about me. Nothing. An animal snuffled nearby, so close she could feel the warmth of its breath. Do it here. With the beasts. Until today, she would have refused to do any such thing on the ground with the beasts, like a beast. But now, the ache was too painful. Go away. No. I'm going to watch you piss like a beast. She stood frozen, unable to move, unable to do what she needed so desperately to do. Another voice echoed in the confines of the hold. Adon. Come here a moment. Was that Guston's voice? Her guard shouted back, I'm watching her. What is it? Leave her alone for a moment. There's nowhere for her to go unless she wants to crawl in the pen with the box. Her guard snorted, let go of her wrist, and departed toward the other voice. She wasted no time pulling up her skirts and doing what she needed to do. The warmth of relief seeping up through her body was one of the most bittersweet experiences of her entire life, and she almost wept with happiness. Through the hood, she could see the low shapes of docile, bristle-backed box sniffing about their pens, making their grunting sounds. A stack of cages stood nearby, filled with chickens and geese. The buck nearest to her rose up on its thick hind legs and looked at her with its blunt, downturned face, its beady brown eyes. Its long ears rose, twisting and listening. She peered hard through the sackcloth. The pouch dangling between its rear legs bulged with a squirming litter of bocklings. 
In spite of the bruises on her face and the pain in her arms and legs, she found herself smiling. Bocklings were so cute and adorable when they were newly out of the pouch. The bock looked at her curiously for several long moments, then went back to snuffling through the straw in the bottom of its pen. Bootsteps approached, and a hard hand snatched her wrist. Back into the box, my lady. Her captor led her back to what she feared would be her home for quite some time. Thank you for listening to Rogues of the Black Fury by Travis Heerman. If you enjoy the story, don't be shy. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to go to this podcast's homepage and click the donate button. Give whatever you like, but is $4.99 really too much to ask for this many hours of entertainment? Rogues of the Black Fury is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. I encourage you to copy it and give it away to all your roguish friends. Just don't change it or sell it, or the Black Furies will soon be coming after you.